Welcome to this new Triple V podcast episode, covering the most recent town hall. Okay, give me a moment. I'll change to the interface of TweetDeck, and that's, I hope Elon Musk fixes this. That's like literally the only way to see anything related to a spaces event in chronological order. I would be really excited if we would find a solution where we would actually have a live chat for the Twitter spaces events. And another really cool thing, which I discussed today with the VVV research team, um, we will start to open up our private internal calls to the public and we will have them in video format on Twitter. So there's also strategic reasons below that, but um, let me explain. So we had once a live event of, an, of a project, which was Satellite IM, and that we started out with a video initially. But the, the, the way it works on Twitter with the video stream is that it, it still uses like Periscope and the integration is super old and it doesn't work really well. The recording afterwards is super high quality, super crisp and literally perfect. But the live stream had some technical issues and wasn't really enjoyable for anyone. So the way we are going to do it now is to have the same setup, but we're going to announce beforehand that it's probably best to not join live, but we will still have the internal call on a public space and it, it's going to be live and uncensored. It's going to be at least live within the Google Meets, for example, but we will stream the entire thing on Twitter spaces with a video. And afterwards, you guys are going to be able to watch the entire thing and you will get insights into how we work on the back end, how the research team works, and we're going to start doing this and the, the date is not 100% confirmed, but we will probably do it on Wednesday on 2 p.m. CET, which is kind of a strange time, but that's on purpose because we are all are in different time zones, the research team, and we will pick the time which is convenient for us, especially because you don't have to tune in live. It's probably best if you just check out the recording afterwards and then you will see our faces, you will see us talking, you will get a better understanding of who we are and what roles the different team members have. And I think you will, overall will, will get a much better understanding for the, the VVV team, the VVV brand, and also um, a better feeling for the human side of things. I think it's very important to have a face to everything that's going on and uh, audio only Twitter spaces events are not ideal for that. You, you hear my voice every single Sunday, but it's very different than if you actually see my face and you see my, the mimics of people and my gestures and you, know, you can actually tell that the research team and I are super passionate, have a lot of integrity and we actually mean what we say. I think that judgment is going to be easier be done in, in a video format. And there's more changes coming to Twitter, I, I think. And I said this in the call today with the research team. I think Elon Musk buying 
Twitter is probably one of the best moves he could have made for us because now he's going to roll out the video format and it's going to double down on that. And we will be able to hopefully very soon have then the means to do those streams live in good quality and then cut the content, cut the recording up later on and more or less recycle it for different other channels to spread the word about VVV. Because right now, and some of our team some of our team members are already on this, they go through our old AMAs and through our old town halls, and they pick golden nuggets which they deem to be super valuable. And we're going to use them and more or less refurbish them to repost and use as content. But obviously that content would be much more enjoyable if it were if it would have been recorded in video. So that's what we're going to do going forward. And maybe if I can get the setup right, maybe we'll um, even do the town hall in a video format. And that might mean that the, the live event is not perfect in terms of the stream, but it's probably going to be more exciting if you guys um, see my face and you actually see who's behind the brand. Now with our guests, um, they're not showing up, so whatever. I'm just going to keep talking and we're going to do like a brief half hour session, maybe 30 minutes. And um, we're just going to do it this way. Um, so let's see what kinds of questions do we have so far. Maybe we can just use this, um, the next 30 minutes to let you guys ask questions Feel free to ask me anything. If you guys want any updates on what's going on in VVV, you can now use the Spaces event and just comment below the event and use the hashtag VVVFund. And just ask me anything which you guys wanted to know. You can also share some feedback, some thoughts, drop anything which you would like me to talk about. And I'm going to go through any, any random topic which you guys want me to elaborate on. And our workaholic exec slash Leon also is already helping me with the proper video setup and the audio setup because we really want to roll the, the future events out in a very professional um, manner. So it, it's probably not going to happen before the phase three mint, but afterwards we're going to um, like really upgrade all the equipment, you will have better audio. Right now I'm just using my AirPods, which obviously is not ideal, but I need to have my hands free when I talk because I use a lot of gestures, even if you guys don't see it, but I'm, I'm still doing it for the sake of being free in my speech. And we're going to um, have some clip on mics or whatever he's coming up with, uh, the most professional setup we could possibly imagine. And then we will have high quality video, high quality audio, and you guys are going to have uh, super, super enjoyable events um, very soon. Okay, let's see. Let me just go through some of the questions here. Okay, so the first question is by Brian, which is about the shark trade. The shark trade is going to be open to everyone, but the shark whitelist... Well, let me rephrase. So the shark trade is going to be open to everyone, but you will have massive benefits if you scored high on the shark test. And that in turn means that everyone who has the shark whitelist already 
they will have a big advantage. And I'm probably also going to do it um, in a way where, um, and I'm not sure if we have announced this yet, but we internally picked a couple of people for the shark whitelist spots um, simply based on merit. So we picked those guys who didn't have the shark whitelist yet and we had an internal vote and I think we picked like 10 people who in our eyes deserve the shark whitelist role. So now there's going to be a couple of things happening in, in, the, next, um, in the next week. We are going to have the shark mint and that, that's probably going to be around 20 NFTs. And there's going to be between, I don't know the exact numbers, like 100, 150 people fighting over those 20 sharks, right? And the mint itself is not going, it's not going to be the quickest fingers get to mint. It's going to be done in a smarter way. So don't complain. It's not going to be a gas war. You have to use your brain and not just your fingers. And after that, you're going to have a big chunk of people who obviously missed out, right? But they all qualified for the shark mint. And these guys are going to have the biggest advantage once the shark trade opens up. And the shark trade is going to be accessible to anyone. But if someone, who has, if someone has not completed the shark test, then they will probably be at a disadvantage and the same if someone has scored very low on the shark test, then it's going to be on the same level like if they have never if they had never done the test. So I highly, highly encourage everyone to do the shark test. It's going to pay off big time. And after the shark trade has started, um, can't give a definitive time frame yet, but after the shark trade has, uh, is running, we're going to do the airdrop you know, some time after that. Uh, no specific date and no, no specification about what is actually going to be dropped, but it's going to be um, it's going to be something which shifts a lot of the ownership uh, to the community, and that's really what we want to do with the phase three mint and with every single thing which we have worked on in the past couple of weeks. It's all about empowering the community and giving you more influence and more power. So Aether is asking, and he's referring to my old tweet. He says, so we have been warned. What exactly have we been warned about? Yeah, that was referring to the shark test. So again, it was a reminder to complete the shark test. Because if you complete the test and if you perform well, like it's literally going to be a no-brainer once you see what we what we're going to release. Like it's going to be highly, highly um, beneficial to anyone who has uh, a high score. And the the few guys who actually managed to score beyond three hundred, and to give him better idea, so the the range. I think goes from like minus 800 or maybe even as low as like minus 1000, but no one is like that low. So the, the lowest scores I think, which I've seen is like minus 200 and the average is probably between zero and 100. And the good scores are 250 and up and the best scores are 300 and up. And the perfect score is, I believe, 403. And 
the highest score we've had so far, and, and those are super, super close. The two highest scores, I think one was 357 and the other one was 353. So they've only been apart by four or five points. And it, again, it's no coincidence that all the, or the majority of the very high scoring people are also either the best students, the most active members, and or the guys with the most money in the server. So, you know, to me, it's, it was super, super reassuring to see who performed well, because it, it really underlined exactly what I thought to be the truth. Well, obviously, you don't really know un until you have some statistics to prove everything. So the shark test to me was incredibly insightful. It, and again, all the data um, is going to be shared in an anonymized way. So you know, no one is ever going to, to know who answered what. It's all, if you release some sort of a statistic, it's all going to be in a very, very um, careful, careful way. And so I see Oscar has joined, but I mean, Oscar, in all honesty, if you guys come in 15 minutes late, I'm not going to have the AMA with you. Um, that's just not going to work. You guys have to be on time. I did this once with Elio and it was not good. And I'm not going to do this again. If you guys are two minutes late, you're out. It's, you guys have to be on time. We have, a, we have built with blood, sweat and tears an incredibly valuable platform we have the tools to provide you an immense amount of exposure but if you guys can't even be on time i mean that's where the relationship ends so let's see what other questions do we have oh okay so trust trade is asking about how is the investments tab coming along is the est uh, estimated time of arrival still end of this week um, can you maybe ask again, because I'm not sure what you, what you uh, specifically ask about. Are you asking about the dashboard itself or are you asking about um, one of the things Strider has prepared for us? Because that's almost complete. Um, what's I think, so currently I think Chessie goes uh, through all the data with Strider to make sure that everything is accurate. But... Um, it, I mean, it's almost done. And now the, the dashboard, uh, you'll have to check the pin posts and general chat. Let me see. And let me just um, read out what Andrew has uh, shared as an update. So he wrote, Wednesday dashboard update. All backend functionality completed and alpha tested. Finishing the last tweaks to the mobile UI today and tomorrow. Upload hopefully starting on Friday, followed by staking investment data integration. Okay, so that's what you were referring to. Um, yeah, I mean, Andrew, and I have to give him a ton of credit, like really, Andrew has gotten very little recognition for the immense amount of work he has done. And he has never complained once to me. And I know he has struggled with, and not because of a, of a lack of skill, just because it's just, difficult to to pull off and i know he has struggled and put in tremendous amount of work and effort to get the dashboard done and then obviously us coming up with the, the raffles and all the different details and we made changes while he was working on it it definitely was super super challenging for him and i, I really have to say thank you andrew because you have done a tremendous job 
and you have been extremely persistent like any other like any rational guy <laughs> would probably have already quit after we made the fifth change <laughs> while you were working on the thing um but you have stuck around and you're still working on it and, and you're pulling uh, a lot of weight and you're making my life infinitely easier by just being a, an absolute workhorse so thank you andrew it's really absolutely amazing to have you and you're um, bringing a lot of value to vvv so okay give me one moment i have to scroll um through the questions Okay, so Exeg is asking, could you talk about your new environment of Marbella and what kinds of people you've already met? What do you already learn from them? Yeah, I mean, the environment here is absolutely amazing. And you can imagine Marbella is pretty much like a, a bubble in a... It's like an oasis in the middle, in, in the midst of pure degeneracy of all the major cities. So it's, and it's not like the rest of Spain. So, you know, most of Spain is like dirty, it smells bad, it's old, and like, it's not very polished. There's some nicer cities like Malaga, for example, which is pretty nice. It's a pretty decent city, but still it's very busy and there's too much tourism. And to me, it's not very enjoyable. And then you have a city like Barcelona, which is just awfully dirty and crowded. And there's a lot of uh, pickpocketing, which is just super annoying. And yeah, the, the, the air quality is super bad in Barcelona. And to me, it's just not an enjoyable city to be in. Now, in a city like Malaga, um, it's an upgrade to Barcelona. It, it could be worthwhile, you know, if you're a student, for example, I think Malaga is a decent state to, to, to be in. You, you don't necessarily, necessarily need a car, um, which might also be better because the traffic in Spain just doesn't make any sense at all. And doesn't make any sense at all. Like in, in Malaga and in, Spain, uh, in Barcelona, like everything is a one-way street. And if you miss like one turn, then it might just be like, your destination might just be away like three minutes by foot but they're on a parking spot and to get back to the uh, turn which you missed, you have to now drive like 15 minutes in a big circle to get back to the original spot. And um, now in Marbella, it's different. Marbella is like a small, um, it's like, you can imagine it's going to be like a mixture of Malibu and Beverly Hills. So in Marbella, you, the majority of people have some money. So everything in Marbella is pretty polished. You don't have any, you know, any obvious poverty. Uh, everyone um, is, uh, well, not everyone, but like if you go to a restaurant, you know, most people are well-dressed and there's not that much tourist, tourism going on. And right now it's off season. So it's super, super pleasant. It's really, really enjoyable. There's not that much going on, but you still have like 22 degrees. The sun is shining. It never rains. So the restaurants all have outside areas. And if you go to the, to the good restaurants, they are like really fancy, really good food. And the service is always super slow in Spain. So if you ever go to dinner, you always have to expect it to take like three hours because after you know, after one hour, you can order then another hour and then maybe you get the main course and until you get the, the bill and it takes three hours. So 
you know, the the mentality in Spain is different. Everything is slow and everyone is lazy. That's pretty much it. And the only thing bad about Mabea, and this 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 can be alleviated by the next one, which I'm going to cover. But the only caveat to Mabea is that it's not a good place to do business. So everyone is, and that that goes for Spain in general. But in Mabea, everything is even more laid back than everywhere else. So if you are someone who doesn't have a lot of discipline and motivation, then that's definitely not the right place because you're just going to get more lazy. Because life here is really good. And you can just sit by the beach, have a coffee, then go to dinner, and then that's your day. And you can just chill forever. So um, for um, doing business, I don't recommend it. And the, um, the cure for that is if you are surrounded by the right people. And I'm not going to do uh, name dropping uh, in this session. I, I, we will have um, some of those guys um, join us soon for uh, some of the alpha hour sessions. But um, they are either very, very successful business people or they are um, former very successful martial arts fighters. And I think it's extremely healthy for a man to be surrounded by people like that. If you're only surrounded by people who have had a tremendous amount of success in business, then they have a certain, um, they have a certain mindset which you want to, um, to observe, right? And you want to observe how they have accumulated their success. And someone who has been successful in martial arts, they also have a certain mindset and their path to success might have been even more painful because you don't just have the, the mental strain, but also the, the physical component, which is very, very demanding. And you can also sense if you have, you know, as a man, you can sense if another man is dangerous. And if you are now surrounded by people who are either extremely successful or extremely dangerous, then that's going to create a dynamic, which is super, super motivating for you because you're surrounded by people who are extremely capable either financially or physically and, and more, you know most of them are uh, very good in both realms so by being surrounded of, by these guys um, initially it, it might put some pressure on your self-esteem because it's you know you, you really and now we're back at the last topic of the last town all right um, you really have to be an alpha to be to, to feel comfortable around them because you know these guys are very imposing and not just imposing by physical appearance, but imposing by a strong mindset and by having the right values and by being polished in the way they talk, by carrying themselves in a certain manner. And this, to, to a normal guy, um, this would be extremely uncomfortable and um, you know, you would probably not show up to um, the next dinner after the first one, just because it's, um, it might be very difficult to keep up with these guys, but and this to me, this is the the main reason why I why I moved. So I wanted to follow the the strongest people I knew, and there's a lot of a lot of heavy hitters and super super successful people here, and um, they all have come to Marbella because it's one of the very last places um, next to maybe Dubai where the quality of living is still high and where you have very low 
uh, crime rate where it's safe to live. They have nice places. They have nice restaurants, uh, nice apartments or villas to live in. And where life, just generally speaking, is very good. And also where the climate is very good. So here you don't have harsh winters. You have really nice summers. So you can pretty much be in Marbella all, all year long. And, um, you know, Dubai has the caveat that like half of the time it's way too hot to even go outside. So it, it's, to me, still not the best place. And um, Dubai to me is also not ideal because it, it doesn't have any character, does, doesn't have any soul. Everything is artificial and superficial. Just doesn't feel right to, to spend too much time in Dubai. I still think it's a great place especially because of the, the high degree of safety which you have there. And it's also much, much better for business, obviously, than Marbella, for example. So um, I think what would make sense is, you know, be in Dubai maybe three months per year, then spend half a year in Marbella, uh, preferably during the off-season, and then, you know, stay another three months maybe in the U.S. or, you know, some other... Um, yeah, probably probably U.S. because you know if you talk about conferences and, and and networking events, that's still the place to be. It's to me, it's not a pleasant place to live um, because it's just like literally falling apart. But you know, you can survive for three months in Beverly Hills or in Malibu. You know, these are still pretty nice, pretty nice places to to live in. Um, the next question is from Daniela. He's asking when I'm planning to release Lesson 9. Um, <laughs> maybe I can still, maybe, maybe I can manage to do it this week. Let me, I will take a, I will set up a reminder for myself and I'm going to, um, I'm going to release it this week. So tomorrow I'm on a plane anyways, so then I have some, some time to uh, finish the questions and give you the, the perfect setup to get started. Okay. So Crypto Pros is asking, can we know how many sharks will be available for pickup in phase three? And, um, okay, so we'll have to wait for um, the shark trade. Because we're going, to, so we have, um, I think, roughly speaking, we have, uh, I think we have like only like 70 sharks in circulation, if I remember correctly. And like 97% of them are staked for uh, almost all of them for 12 months. And we have about 120, 130 sharks left to be minted and 20 of those um, will be available in in the next week for the shark mint and then the probably all the remaining sharks are only going to be available through the shark trade and again for for that feature or for that and that's going to be an ongoing event for that event um, it's going to be very very beneficial to be scoring high on the shark test and the shark test is also going to close um, sometime closer to the mint. Uh, it's not going not going to be open indefinitely. We also want to be um, discussing the questions and the answers in the academy. I'm going to open up the uh, psychology section soon and um, a, a more 
elaborate section about health and mindset and for that we we need the test to be concluded so that we can actually go through um, the questions and the answers yes and crypto king is saying would like to say well done andy dark meta for putting together excellent research lab lessons easy to digest and really great for me to apply to future investments and i have to underline this andy has done an absolutely tremendous job and the research team and I actually haven't spoken in quite some time just because, you know, everyone is busy and time is passing so fast. But we caught up today and these guys are really, really super, super guys. They are incredibly dedicated to VVV. They are highly passionate about what they do. And, uh, you know, without them, VVV wouldn't be able to run, right? It's all, all about the, the research and um, doing due diligence, having the right deal flow and, uh, you know, Andy single-handedly has pulled off the bot, which we now have, which is gathering information from different sources and then providing us with the best leads as early as possible. And they are also very creative. They are looking for ways to improve our deal flow, to improve our network. And um, they have done an absolutely tremendous job and they keep, keep doing so. Um, they, they were also very happy with the idea of... Um, making all calls public and i think that's going to be very healthy for them very healthy for the community and overall for our um, our dynamic and relationship with with each other and also you know and i said this today in the call like you literally can leak all my dms and you can leak all our internal calls and nothing like literally nothing would change you would only get more bullish if all our internal conversations would get leaked but now imagine this happening for any other project out there i i can guarantee you and i know a lot of those guys who are running certain projects personally and i know for sure if you would leak even one group dm or one private dm from them the entire thing would fall apart and everyone would sell so the integrity which we showcase on the front end that's even more pronounced on the back end and that's why i think having the calls publicly is going to be extremely beneficial because now you see like literally the calls which we normally have in privacy we now just have publicly and it's like the same content like nothing is filtered nothing is censored and we just you know nothing nothing is um confidential like except one thing which i'm working on right now like nothing is confidential and that's the way it should be. Like the, the salaries of no one is confidential and it's not confidential in which projects we invest in or how much we invest in. Literally every single data point, if you want to ask, I'm, I'm going to tell you like exactly how it is. And most other projects are very, very um, you know, careful about what they even talk about and what, what they share. And there's, no good reason to do so, but there's plenty of bad ones, and everyone can, um, you know, come to their own conclusion why the majority of projects are not very transparent. So another question by Crypto Bros: How many new lessons will come to the academy after phase three mint, and will there be a test at the end? Um, I, well, there's going to be a lot more lessons. So the, you know, the the. The long-term plan for VVV, and I, I'm talking like five to 10 years, right? The, the long-term plan is to have our own 
real university and the things which you do now are going to grow and grow and we're going to expand and we're going to um, you know, probably also have some uh, professors at some point, which are then going to to teach certain things. And I already spoke um, to uh, to a very accomplished MMA fighter to soon, and, and th this might still be a few months out, but to to you know soon come to us for an half hour and make some of the things he's working on available to us because he has had a tremendous influence on, on my mindset personally. And by him sharing all the materials which he's working on, um, I think that's going, that would be super, super valuable to the community because like, especially when it comes to um, like strength conditioning and the mindset you need to have for fighting, um, that, that's not something which I'm an expert in. So, you know, in the areas where I'm still lacking myself, that's where I want to have other professors, if you want to call them this way, to to double down on those topics and to help everyone improve. And Gold is asking, what inspired you to create your first business? How did you come up with the idea? So, and so Dan Pena says this in his seminars. If you come to him, then you're either inspired or desperate. And I wasn't inspired to create my first business. I, I was desperate. And I was desperate to find meaning or to find something to do. And, you know, I've always struggled with this throughout my, throughout um, going through the education system. I, I never really knew what to do. And I, nothing appealed to me. Like, you know, I went to... Uh, and I don't know what the equivalent in, in the U.S. is, but I think I went through high school and then I went to university. I studied a variety of different things. I started with law, then I studied English, and then I start, uh, started to, to study interna international business. And in that I was very good in, but like all the professors were poor and they didn't have any success in their life. They all drove a uh, uh, I almost use a curse word, but they all drove a, a bad car. And they all had ugly wives. I mean, why, why would I listen to you if you have a miserable life? Like, why am I, why am I sitting there? Why am I paying money to, to listen to you talk? And you can't actually teach me anything because if I follow your path, I'm going to lead, uh, end up with a miserable life. And so, you know, that was the thing which, like, <laughs> led me into desperation because, you know, at some point you, you ask yourself, like, where the hell get I... Get it, where, where the hell do I get the right information from and how can I actually find the path to success if university is obviously not the right path and if someone is questioning that you know let me give you a very tangible example if you see someone pulling up next to you in a Ferrari in a Lamborghini like is your first thought oh my god they went to university and they aced all the tests no right you think that guy is probably a business owner. He has rich parents or he's involved in some illegal activities. So inherently or instinctively, you already know that the education system is never going to provide you with the money to buy the top tier things in life. And 
you know, I'm not mat- I'm not that materialistic uh, to a degree. Maybe uh, I want to have nice things, but I'm using those examples just for the sake of making a very uh, very tangible argument. So you already know, in order to have the best things in life, the education system is not going to get you there. So why would you even get started in the education system if it's not going to lead to the desired outcome? And this, you know, has it, it hasn't made like it didn't put me into depression, but it def- definitely has made me desperate for, you know, finding the secret, so to speak, the secret sauce to doing everything the very successful people do, and. I, you know, if you don't find the solution to that, or if you don't find the answer, then, you know, it can be quite frustrating, right? Then you potentially happen to end up in a downward spiral like me, where, okay, you already know that you can't achieve that level of success by going through the education system, but that's the only option you have at the moment. So, um, you know, what you then naturally do, and that's what, like, literally everyone else does, what you do is you lower your expectations. So you already know you're not going to drive a Lambo, right? So like, what's the, the, the lowest class car, which would still be okay for me to drive. So now you imagine yourself, okay, if I can maybe settle for a, a, a BMW, then yeah, you know, maybe my life would be acceptable. And if I maybe can have a, a small house or a small apartment and then, and a, an acceptable car, you know, then maybe that's something which I could settle for. And that that's the biggest trap in which you could fall into because like, why, why would you, you know, set goals this low for yourself? Everyone knows inherently that you're born with a certain degree of potential. And obviously, you know, people have different, different potential in themselves, but no one only has the potential to be the average guy. Like literally every person on the planet being born has the potential to be better than average, yet almost everyone ends up being average. So, you know, something along the line goes wrong. And what goes wrong is the influence of uh, your socioeconomic environment, society, family, parents, uh, the education system, and you just end up in, um, you know, in that mindset where, you know, in a downward spiral, you lower your expectations, you lower your goals. And luckily for me, and I still remember this day, I, I was in the gym, I was doing my, my cardio and I was listening to an audiobook. And the audiobook was called 10X. And the exact same segment I also still remember where he says, never ever lower the target. And this really, really, really has resonated with me and and literally woken me up where I realized like the last one or two years, all I did was lowering my expectations for myself. And that's the worst thing which you can do because it means you accept defeat. You accept that you will never fulfill your full potential. So you're just trying to make sense of um, you giving up. And that, and that's what happens to most people. They, they get the ambitions educated out of themselves and then they just end up being a nine to five brokey uh living in a sexless marriage and having an awful life and uh, you know if you don't want to end up being there then you have to either get inspired very quickly or you have to get desperate and really go out and do everything humanly possible to 
do something on your own to be independent and to to start um, accumulating money through other means than just being an employee. And um, I didn't have an because you asked me how can I how I came up with the idea. I didn't have an idea specifically for a business. I started out as a freelancer, and in my first year, I made more money than any other person with a degree will ever make so to me it was obvious that the the system is just flawed like why would anyone spend five uh, four years to get to get a degree if they can literally just start from nothing and be a freelancer and make more money than any doctor any lawyer or whatever of course you know if law is your passion if you want to help people if you want to want to be become a doctor then that's very few professions where where university makes sense but literally any anything else especially if you know if you don't know what to do but you want to make a lot of money then obviously university is the the, the worst possible choice which you could which you could make and being a freelancer then uh, has led me into a specific area in which I, I i saw a lot of potential which to me was something which i was very good at and um that was managing business accounts of Amazon sellers. So this was mainly businesses who had a, who either had a good product or they had a product which was already successfully selling in other channels. And I brought them onto Amazon. I was managing their entire accounts, inventory, ads, the front end, the SEO, and literally the entire account. And you know, some of my clients, they did... Uh, over $20 million per year on Amazon. And um, I ran the, the entire thing with some clients. We spent, um, you know, up to $300,000 per month on ads. And it was, I had a lot of responsibility for, and it's not, it's not a lot of money, but at the time to me, it was a lot of money. And I had a lot of responsibility for a lot of money and literally none of my clients no single client I ever had in all of my career has even one bad thing to say about me because I always delivered and I always did the exact same thing which I do today. I always did what was right by them, even if I could have made more money by promising them certain things, by bringing them to sell products on the platform which don't sell well just so that I can charge money for the setup. I always did the right thing for my clients and I, you know, I always acted with utmost integrity and um, this eventually was also the thing which made me uh, very successful because people could tell that I was genuine and that it was honest. And, you know, at some point um, clients just started to come to me. But, but make no mistake, when I started out, I literally started to work for free. I just wanted to have something which you know, something which would like get the ball rolling. So initially I was working for free. I was doing Facebook ads, uh, even translations, transla- translations from German to English, from English to, to German, you know, things which uh, someone might consider below their pay grade because I was maybe getting like five bucks per translation, but uh, I wasn't too arrogant to do anything. So I just started out. Uh, with the, the whatever someone would would hire me to do, and I would do it. I would always do an excellent job, and you know it doesn't take that long to to then work your way 
work your way up. So, um, you know, highly, highly recommend everyone to, and this goes back to what I've been saying, I think two weeks ago, how you do one thing is how you do everything. If you take on a small task and you do everything very diligently and with integrity, then that's how you handle uh, a big business or a big company then as well. And, you know, it's, um, and I, I'm not that uh, that big of a believer, but, you know, just imagine God is watching, you know, just always do the right thing, even if no one is watching. Like the secret is very, very easy and obvious. And, um, you know, obviously the many times, many times the, the wrong decision is the easier one and very tempting to people with very low, with, low, with very low integrity. So that's the reason why the majority of people indeed are crooked because it takes more energy to stay on the right path than just deviate and, and go the easy way. Okay, Squabba's asking, any sneak peeks on what will be coming for the Academy after the phase three mint? Yes, so the um, Shark Test 2.0 in, includes questions from two different types of uh, what's right of clinical psychological tests so and i'm not going to name them yet because i don't want uh, you know people to like start and try to trick the test and so on but the questions in the shark test they actually like they mean a lot more than you would think and it's going to be mind blowing once you see for which character traits they check for and what they tell me about the person who has done the test and why it's so important and why the score is so important and why it's the single best tool to curate the right culture and mentality within VVV. It's, it's going to be really, really good uh, for you guys to get the psychological insights and to understand even things like framing, for example, framing is such an important skill to master. And it's, you know, once you understand how it works and once you get an eye for it and once you, you, you can observe it, then it's going to be immensely beneficial for your personal relationships, for business relationships, for negotiations. And you're just going to become much, much more confident because you're going to have an infinitely easier time in judging people. And I don't mean this in, in a bad way. I mean, judging people's intentions, whether someone is legitimate, whether someone is honest. And to be, you know, in all fairness, those psychological tests, you shouldn't get married to anyone who you didn't let those, uh, who you didn't let those tests take. Because they will literally, like, if you don't have a, like, if you don't have the skills mastered for spotting red flags or for, for spotting bad traits or dangerous traits in people, then just letting your significant other do the test is going to be an incredibly handy tool for you to understand whether or not you can actually trust that person. And you can do it in a, in a gamified way. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, creepy or whatever, or you don't have to force them. You can do it in a, in a um, very nonchalant way and you can let them take one of those tests and it maybe takes like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And then afterwards, you will understand the person a lot better. And you will also understand whether or not this is something you would want to spend your time with. But also with the caveat that you do the test first. And if you, if you understand that you are a terrible person, 
then don't expect to find someone who is absolutely fantastic and amazing. Like, you know, if you score, like, in a specific, you know, if you score in a certain way, then do the work on yourself first before you, like, put other people through it and, you know, work around, walk around with high standards. The, the first, very first step is to put in the efforts um, on yourself and on, on your own personality. And I, I didn't have a, and that, that's different, you know, you, you can't, like, the, the, the spectrum is so so, uh, so diverse. You, you can't say, you know, I have a good score and you have a bad score. There, there's obviously different types of personalities. But certain things which you can, like, pretty tangibly measure, like social confidence, for example, I didn't score that high two or three years ago. Now I'm scoring, like... It, in the highest possible bracket, but that takes work because you, you know, you, and especially if you are born a man, you are born without any intrinsic value. Like you're literally born a loser. And then you have to go through immense amounts of pain, immense amount of work to actually become someone of substance and to actually be someone people look up to people respect and, you know, um, people have um, joy in, in, in talking to and then once you are that person, now obviously it's easy to be socially confident. So the the test also reflects to a certain degree um, whether or not you, you have done a lot of work on yourself. Because, because it also differentiates between being narcissistic and being delusional versus having actual and proper confidence. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be really really interesting for you guys um to get access to everything okay let me see Vols is asking in the phase four mint will there still be a chance for shark while it's for people who joined late um your best bet is going to be the shark trade i'm it's going to be quite difficult to get a hold of a shark in the future let's put it this way the the suppliers like look on OpenSea, and and you already have the answer right it's it's difficult to get a shark and it's expensive to get a shark and it's not going to get that much easier. That's that's all I can say. Um, Mario is asking, can you recommend one good book on how to talk to billionaires? Um, no. Um, you know, I, I think it's the wrong question. Like, no billionaire wants to talk to you. So, you know, there, there's nothing like even, you know, even to, and I don't mean this, I don't want to sound arrogant, right? <laughs> so take this with a grain of salt when I say it this way. But even to me, no billionaire wants to talk to me. Like, you know, the only billionaire I ever spoke to was Dan Pena. And I had two meetings with him one-on-one -on -one, and that's it. And he's, you know, and he, like, he, you know, he, he cares for your success, but he does not care about you. He's pretty much like um, out of the lesson with Nick Balotelli. That's pretty much how Dan Pena is. He only cares about you if you perform well. And beyond that, he has no interest in you as a person. And this goes back to what I've just been saying. As a man, you are born without any intrinsic value. So don't ask how to talk to billionaire. Ask first, how can I become someone of substance? And then once you are the person, you're naturally will flock together with the people of the right um, caliber. But first of all, you have, there's no, like, there's no trick of 
getting a hold of super high net worth individuals and then now they let you into their secret inner circles. That's not going to happen. You have to be the guy first and then people will naturally come to you. They respect you and they will like you. And now, you know, everything happens naturally. There's, there, there are no shortcuts. Okay, I'm going to pick one more question. Um, I have to run at 9 p.m., which is in three minutes. So let me give you one second to read uh, the last four ones which you have. Okay, let, let's uh, take the one from Masak because that one is um, very relevant in terms of the news and the current dynamics on the market. So his question is, did yesterday events related to FTX, Alameda, affect you, your VVV plans, vision, fund timelines, and overall belief in the crypto blockchain space by any means? Any comments on Sam Bankman-Fried and his fall from hero to zero in almost 24 hours? So I haven't kept up with all the events um, simply because I'm busy and I don't care. I, I've never kept up with the news unless I really have to. And what's important to understand is, um, let me go into something else first. So I already called that the VCs and the way they invest in makes no sense, right? I already said this uh, three weeks ago, six weeks ago, like a long time ago, I already said what the VCs do makes zero sense. And they will all have big, big issues. They will all go down the train once things start to go wrong. And now things go wrong. And to everyone, it's a big surprise. But, you know, it, it, like I know how the world works. I know how greed works. I know how people work. And I know if there's too much money, people make bad decisions and people are easily corrupted. And like, it's, it's literally no surprise to me. And I, I genuinely don't care except those guys now being in a position where they need money, where they li need liquidity. It's, of course, interesting to us. So that's the specific areas where we do keep up with the news. And, uh, you know, credit, for, credit to the research team for being aware of everything. They also knew that these guys going underwater and needing money means they will probably pull out of some of the investments which they have made. And many of the investments which they made are in rock-solid projects in which we want to get in as well. So now what we will do is we will follow up with all the good projects in which they invested in. And we will say, hey, guys, if uh, anything opens up, uh, we are here. We are happy to put in our capital. And then we will see what comes around. And this goes back to uh, one of the topics about being lucky, right? If we approach all those projects in the right fashion, then we might get lucky, right? But if we don't approach them at all, then there's no chance, chance to get lucky. So we will... Uh, strategically read out, reach out to all of them and we will you know, try to secure uh, one or the other prestigious allocation in some of the top projects in which they invested in. But um, now if we talk about the plans for VVV, for my vision, for the fund timeline, for um, the crypto blockchain space in general, like it, it literally has zero impact. I, I couldn't care less because I, I already knew it was coming. So, you know, why would I care? It's, just the nature of things. And the same, if Bitcoin goes to zero, is it going to surprise me? No, because I know Bitcoin, Solana, Ethereum, one of the three is going to go to zero. 
that it's just a given. It's just probability. One of the one of the big ones is going to hit zero at some point. And um, if you talk about USDT, USDC, BUSD, one of them is going to go to zero. You know, just understand how the world works. Just understand how probability works. Understand that the things which people deem the most secure, those are the things which eventually go wrong and mess everything up. So just be aware that you can never, ever bet on just one thing. And we had this conversation in the Waves Channel today. Never, ever keep your money in a centralized exchange. Never. Never keep your money in the bank. Like literally never. The only money I have in the bank is the money I need for rent and food. I have no money in the bank. And I have no money in any in any centralized exchange unless I have to go through the, the exchange to uh, off-ramp or on-ramp my money. But even then, I have four different accounts. I have private accounts. I have business accounts. I have um, multiple hardware wallets. I have multiple computers. I have multiple phones. Like nothing. I, I never have any single point of failure. Like the, it's it's super, super important that nothing like no single thing should ever be able to kill you and you know it, 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 you can use as easy examples like if you have one job you're in danger like if you only have one nine to five job you, you're like you're almost done already like why do you rely on one thing you're only working eight hours per day you can easily work another four hours per day like easily i work minimum um Minimum 80 hours per week. That's my, my average. Like, I get up, I work while I drive, I listen to audiobooks, I listen to content, I, I educate myself. When I'm at the gym, I work in between sets. And now I, I only eat once per day. So now I, I save all the time with grocery shopping, eating, preparing meals. All the time I just work. And that's like literally eight hours per, per day is like a um, part time job to me. And the same with everything else, um, you know, you have to have, uh, if you have a business, for example, you never want to have one client taking up 50% of your cash flow. You need to have multiple things which provide you with cash, which provide you with income in order for you to be independent and for you to, to also be able to um, act with integrity. Because let's say you have one client who makes up 50% of your cash flow, then the guy, the client wants to do something which you might not be comfortable with, which goes against your morals, which goes against your values, but you can't afford to lose the guy because he makes up 50% of the cash flow. So now you're going to have to compromise your values, your beliefs, your integrity, just for the sake of, of you know, not, not ruining, ruining your business. So the, the, the independence of single points of failure also goes hand in hand with integrity and with your freedom and with understanding that things are not black and white in that regard. Uh, excuse me. I'm saying that, that things are indeed black and white and that you can't just be there and rely on, you know, things going on smoothly and everything just being airy-fairy all the time. Like you, you really have to be prepared for the worst. And the same goes with your passport, residencies, driver's licenses. Never have one thing for any specific area in your life. You need to be independent. If you only have one driver's license and you know, anything can happen. Like it doesn't even have to be your fault, right? 
and the police might take away your driver's license. Now, now what? You, you can't move anymore. You need like of everything which you have in your life, you need to have more than one. Like literally, there's, there's no exception to this. Like there's not one single thing where like having one is better than having more than one. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, even, even if you talk about having children, like just based on statistics, you need to have like three children for one to, you know, to actually come out uh, healthy and then be successful in life. Like if you go by statistics, you um, events, there's uh, things which you cannot um, account for. So, um, you know, it's better to go through the world overprepared and then not being in a position where you actually need it much rather than being underprepared. And, um, you know, let's end, end this with a quote. Um, the, if you're failing to prepare, if you are failing to prepare, you are preparing to Jesus Christ. One more time. If you fail to prepare, you are preparing to fail. And that's pretty much the essence of what we do with VVV and also the reason why we are indeed invincible. And no matter what happens on the planet, even if Ethereum hits zero, we're not going to go away. We literally have fail safes in place for every single thing which you ever touched. So. It was a spontaneous session, but your questions really made this super, super enjoyable. And, you know, it's um, to the loss of our guests. If they can't be on time, then we don't do the AMA. Um, by now, we have established ourselves as a super professional brand. We have established our value. If people don't respect our time and time of our community, then we just move ahead. So thank you guys for listening in. It was an absolute pleasure. I'm going to see you guys on Monday, where we're going to have the VVV half hour, this time at a slightly different date and time. It's going to be, again, on Monday, 7 p.m. CET. And I look very much forward to seeing you guys there. Thank you, and talk to you soon. This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published, but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.